Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Where's the manager? Walzer Automotive presents Car Selling Secrets. Welcome to Walzer Automotive Group's Car Selling Secrets, episode 103. We made it, we made it, we made it. Uh, this is going to be really weird for listeners. We're going to spend the, the entire show talking about car stuff. We have no guests, but there's a lot going on. It's going to be really fun, so stay tuned. After these exciting words, we will get right to the content. Michael Bryant, Brad Sean. Bryant, what's the latest? Uh, we're just trying to represent people who have been injured through no fault of their own. We're trying to talk to them before they talk to an adjuster or before they take a settlement that isn't something they should get based upon their injuries. How many people are out there in different, not in the law business, that love to run around scaring people before you even get to them? Well, adjusters will want to settle cases right. and they want to close files. So based upon that, they do what they have to. Um, I think there's a lot of circumstances where they probably act as attorneys where they're not attorneys and they try yeah. to explain people's rights or they give them a certain view that if they look at it. And what I always say is this, if the adjuster really truly thinks the offer they made makes sense, they'd have them come see us. You know? And that's exactly my question is you have to understand who has the best your best interest in mind correct well you want to know what your rights are you know whether yep. or not you decide yep. you're going to hire us or not that's a choice it's a free consultation and you want to understand what your all your rights are and what coverages you have and plus the fact i hang out with you so you got to be a good guy <laughs> if i'm hanging out with you uh, maybe <laughs> uh, okay ladies and gentlemen michael bryant bradshaw and bryant as you know, my friend Mike Lindell has a passion to help everyone get the best sleep of your life. He didn't stop by simply creating the best pillow. Mike created the new Giza Dream bed sheets. They look and feel great, which means an even better night's sleep for me, which is crucial for my busy schedule. Mike found the world's best cotton called Giza. It's ultra soft and breathable, but extremely durable. Mike's Giza sheets come with a 60-day money-back guarantee and a 10-year warranty. The first night you sleep on the Giza sheets, you will never want to sleep on anything else. Giza Dream sheets come in a variety of sizes and colors. Mike's making a special offer for my listeners. You buy one set, get another set absolutely free. Go to MyPillow.com, click on the radio listener square, and use promo code TOM. There you'll find not only this amazing offer, but also deep discounts on all MyPillow products, including the MyPillow mattress topper, MyPillow towel sets, and so much more. Call 1-800-516-5146. Use the promo code TOM. Go to MyPillow.com. Make sure you use the promo code TOM. We are back with Walzer Automotive Group's Car Selling Secrets. Before we get into the automotive content, I have to share a text that I got from a listener listening to the last segment when we were talking about black Jesus and the likelihood of God showing up in unusual places. He says, I want to see an episode of Undercover Boss with Jesus in some evangelical churches. <laughs> That's yeah, there you funny. go. i got to show you something, Doug. Sure. Doug and I were just talking about... Uh, uh, Boone, North Carolina, Asheville, North Carolina, and how beautiful it is. Stay in a cabin up in the mountains. Look what's on my screen. <laughs> it's just, uh, you talk about something and they're on I top know. of you. I get an email from uh, my daughter's mom, and as some people know, my daughter's jetting off to England in another month or so to go to college. And she's like, okay, we've got a couple of bills coming in. Uh, you know, they have national health care in England. But as a foreigner, you have to pay a fee, and it's $2,750, and that covers it for three years. I'm like, oh, God. Well. <laughs> what? So as a, as an, she's not a citizen of England, obviously, but right. as she's going to be there on a 
school visa, she has to have health co health coverage, mm -hmm. and it's twenty seven hundred dollars for her to get into the English health system for three years. <clears throat> That's it. Nine hundred bucks a year. Yep. That's it. That's it. Andy and Melissa and Catherine, I believe, is two G's a month. I was going to say you're about a nine hundred bucks a week. <laughs> yeah. And Isn't I'm not even included because I'm on Medicare, which, by the way, cost me 700 a month. Yeah, I've got to start exploring that. <laughs> because it's based on how much money you make. Yeah. Which yep, yep, yep. I don't understand how that's even logical. But So the more you make, the more you should pay. It makes no sense. And get the less back, yeah. Because it, medical care is medical care. Why are we judging people by income? I don't get it. I think that was my kind of subversive point. It's like, <laughs> yeah, well, it is your subversive point. You're right. Well, and you know, when you're younger and you don't really use the healthcare system much, you go, eh, it's pretty, it's okay. And then when you start to use it, it's like, yeah, this is really, I've had, I'm fine, but I've I actually used it more this year than I have in my whole life put together. And I'd spend, I don't know, an hour a week doing paperwork, and it's just terrible. Talk and text line is open. We're going to talk a lot of car stuff here. That number is 561-228-4061. Tom, we all know that car dealers are terrible people, but I want you to read this story because we're not all crappy. It's a one-and-a-half-pager. Yep. All right, here we go. I'm putting my glasses on. <clears throat> the owner of a used vehicle store in Georgia decided he would rather pay up to $19,000 in damages than have the thieves who stole a Mercedes-Benz from his lot prosecuted. That's because the thieves turned out to be three girls, ages 12, 13, and 14, and he wants to give them a second chance, just as a teacher did when he was a troubled youth. Yes, they were completely in the wrong. Matthew Collins of Clickett Automotive in Macon. Uh, but just throwing them in a detention center, at that age, I feel that maybe there's a way to change them. Collins and his staff came in one morning this month to find that a Mercedes E Thrifty delivered overnight was missing, and two vehicles parked to block the driveway were damaged. Surveillance video showed that the E350's keys had mistakenly been left in the cup holder instead of the after hours. Don't ever leave your keys in the cup holder. For or real. in the car. Just or in the car. Anyway. Professional tip. The cameras captured the teens pulling the door handles on every vehicle until they found the Mercedes unlocked. They used it to ram the vehicles blocking the exit and get away. But after police took the girls into custody, Collins went to the court to say he didn't want to press charges. He has to pay the repair cost out of pocket so the store's insurance carrier doesn't get involved and demand prosecution. Collins said that he was headed in the wrong direction in life until one of his teachers helped him out. He showed me a trade, and I learned a lot of respect from from that. That's a great story, isn't it? It is a great story, except for those little pricks that stole the car. Well... I mean, for whatever reason, he thinks that maybe they can change their life. And I just, I thought, I was no, it's a great flipping story. through automotive news, and I saw that, and I thought, this is pretty good. Well, when you compare it to these girls' parents. Yeah. Because my mother, if my mother ever thought that one of us would steal a car, oh, God, I can't even tell. I'd still be, have a sore butt. I used to steal <laughs> my parents' cars all the time, and that did not ever end well. What do you mean you used to steal their parents' car? Well, I thought that I was cool to drive even before I was old enough to have a license. Oh, okay. Mm. I've told you this story before. Well, not that you stole the cars. You never told me that part. Well, my parents' cars. I didn't steal somebody's car that I didn't know. So how are we doing with that whole... Uh, are people still leaving their keys in their car? You know, it's funny... Uh, I saw some posts on Woodbury Facebook users group. The cops are had a rash of vehicle thefts. Every one of them, the garage door was open and the keys were in the car. Yeah, every one of them. It's like I, when did I thought that people figured that out in the '60s? That's what I thought. You because I remember if, there was all those PSAs when we were younger about yep. don't leave your keys in the car. Because I think before that. You know, people didn't even lock their homes in the 50s and 40s and most no, places right. in the country. Maybe if you lived in you're Manhattan right. or something. And I think it was common just to leave the keys in the ignition. But even if you put it in your locked garage, you don't want to leave your keys in your car. No. Because if they break no. in, they're just going to ram it out through your... Well, first of all, if they break in, they're going to raise the garage door anyway. But you do not want to leave your keys in your car ever. Well, and this is actually kind of a cool tip for people that are a little bit paranoid if you have an alarm in your car you can um 
keep your keys on your nightstand, and if you hear, hear somebody break into the house, and trip the alarm on your car. I mean, it's going to make a hell of a lot of racket. Oh, God, scare yeah. Scare people well, out that's of there. So. That's a great idea. And it's cheap. It's a good that's idea. That's a really, that's really free. good idea. So you, you know just that, have to be able to find the keys, which I never can. Oh, yeah, well, all of the places that I lived, my whole, no one's ever broken into my house, ever. Isn't that weird, living in such you know rough Man, neighborhoods and all that? that is weird. Of course, you guys are so poor, there's nothing to take. Well, there was nothing to take. That, <laughs> yeah. that, that's a very good point. There was nothing to steal anyway, but you'd think just to get out of 12 via beer or something. Yeah, it only happened to me once, and it was the year I was out of college. I was living, this is so weird, in Highland Park on Eleanor Avenue. Now, that's my daughter's name, and it mm-hmm. took me about by the time she was three for me to remember that I lived on that street. Oh, for but we came sake. home from dinner, and I don't remember what it was, and the back window's all smashed in and TV's gone, and I'm like, God dang it. It's a weird feeling because you do feel a little bit violated. It's like, God, they broke into the house. and You know, we were college kids. The TV was a 13-inch black and white Central Carlson from New Brighton, Minnesota. It was probably worth about $8, but I don't know. It did feel odd. Okay, big news. Uh, this has not been formally announced yet, but uh, President Biden on Thursday will roll out a two-step strategy that uses tailpipe regulations to try to rapidly shift Americans from gasoline-powered cars and trucks towards electric vehicles. Uh, he plans to first restore and slightly strengthen the auto mileage standards to the levels that existed under Obama. Um, during the Trump, but but were rolled back during the Trump administration. Next, his administration will draft a set of even more stringent auto pollution rules for both passenger vehicles and heavy-duty trucks that are designed to ramp up sales of electric vehicles. I'll also sign an executive order that sets a target that half of all vehicles sold in the U.S. be electric by 2030. He's talking about new cars, obviously. We're right. not going to just blow up used cars. In a signal of industry support, the president will be flanked by the chief executives of the three uh, largest auto nation's three largest automakers, as well as the head of the UAW. Automakers will pledge that 40 to 50 percent of their new car sales will be electric by 2030. Um, it's about 2 percent right now, and we can talk about that a little bit later. The goal faces several challenges. Experts say it will not be possible for electric vehicles to go from niche to mainstream without making electric charging stations as ubiquitous as the corner gas station is today. And while labor leaders will attend the White House event, they remain concerned about a wholesale shift to electric vehicles, which require few workers to assemble. So that hasn't been formally announced today, but it was on the uh, overnight wire from Automotive News. And maybe they're announcing it right now. That's not good news. Are there going to be fewer automotive worker jobs? That's not good. Well, I, you know, that's sort of the the trend, right? It is, absolutely, for everything. it is. Um, as car dealers, we're always we're concerned. And, and concerns around word. We, we know that's going to change um, revenue from service departments as we as we shift more to electric vehicles. They require a lot less maintenance. There's a lot less to go wrong with. Uh, electric-powered cars as opposed to internal combustion, and that's a big revenue stream for a car dealer. But, you know, it's they, they always seem to adapt somehow, right, and to figure out a new way to, to make money and overcome stuff, and it's, it's part of the business. But it's interesting that the manufacturers are on board with this. I think that they just want consistent standards. When they go from yeah. really tight regulations, which were under Obama, I think the I remember right, the goal for a corporate uh, or the cafe standard was like 50 miles per gallon by 2025. And then Trump comes in and says, screw that. We're not going to do that. Just, let's build big SUVs. But the manufacturers are, I know maybe they're reading the tea leaves, but they're all flipping to electric. Um, Ford's built some wonderful cars and has some cool stuff coming. General Motors has said, said they'll be all electric uh, by 2030. This doesn't mean that internal combustion cars will be banned. I mean, the, it'll take probably decades for that to filter through the so, entire yeah. market. Well, I just think good luck selling electric cars to lower middle class people because yeah, they're affordable. not affordable. And they're going well, the to have they have nine years to make these very unaffordable cars into affordable cars, and I don't know if they're going to be able to do that. Well, I get your point, Andy. I think the, the counter argument to that is most people in that class are, aren't buying brand new cars anyway because the right. average price of a new car now is like 38 
eight thousand dollars if i remember right is it really yeah. there's still i mean like the cheapest electric car is still thousands of dollars more than the cheapest new yeah, yeah there is internal the price difference okay. the maverick is only 18 grand isn't it well the maverick is not a pure electric vehicle oh it's not um oh, okay it, it, but I think it's cool what and what Tom's talking about. Ford is coming out with a, a small oh, pickup the F-150 truck. Oh, the F-150 thing? Nope. Yeah, no. This is a small, small oh, pickup it's truck. It's coming, and it's called the Maverick. It's based on an escape platform, four-and-a-half-foot bed. It's got a hybrid engine, which is gas and electric, that gets 40 miles per gallon, oh, and man. MSRP is going to be twenty grand. So it's a brand-new vehicle that gets That's 40 and can grand. haul stuff for twenty grand. But Andy? it's not purely electric. The problem with electric cars is the battery is right. what costs so much money. That's right. This probably doesn't have a gigantic battery like most electric cars do. And until, they, until the battery technology improves, I don't know. I just don't see that as reasonable. But I do see that we have a caller. All right. I'm going to ask Doug a question before we go to the caller. Okay. What's the best electric car that you sell at Walzer? Um, that's best. a really good question. I would say the one that is, it's probably down in Wichita. Some of the e-trons, the Audis are really cool. This new, and we talked about this a while ago, the new uh, S-Class Mercedes is going to come in an all-electric version with a 500-mile oh. range. and. But that's that's you gotta be a internationally known oh, God, disc jockey yeah. to afford that, you know. As poor used car sales. What's in the Audi? What? The e-tron, I think, is the uh, Audi electric line. Um, they're supposed to be really great cars. There's there's a lot of stuff out there. Actually, Jaguar is going to be all electric in two years. The the Mercedes the uh, EQS. Yep. Uh, MSRP estimated around one forty thousand. So. Yeah, it's not exactly right. going to be the uh, working man's well, car. Well, he said the best and the coolest, I think. That is true. That is the best. Pound for pound, the best used car deal out there is if you can find a second-generation Leaf, you can find those well under $10,000. Really? That, you know, they don't get great. You know, in the wintertime, you can get 50 or 60 miles out of a charge, but they've, they've been pretty durable cars. Hmm. All right, who's the caller? What do you want? <laughs> what do you want? It's more for you, Dougie. It's Tire Carver. Hey, how are you? What have you heard? Not too bad. What have you heard lately on the recycling end of the batteries? Because I've heard that they're it's just pretty bad. toxic as all get out. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if we're going to start mandating using these things in 10, 15 years after production date, are they just going to be a landfill property going, oh, goody, what do we do with them now? I would assume that that, I don't, I'm not up to speed on and it's, or smart enough to answer your question. I know that it is a concern, um, but what I, what I am seeing is that as battery technology advances, and it already has when we look at, you know, Prius batteries from early 2000s, they were the first one to market. They were super expensive and not super durable the prices have fallen dramatically and the durability has increased you know three or fourfold so well it will be a, a obviously an environmental issue because they'll need to be disposed of properly because of all the chemicals we have plenty of stuff that we that also requires that treatment that, that we have to handle to protect the environment i it's a bit of a wishy-washy answer um and yeah. there's no there's no there's no propelled vehicle that is not going to damage the environment in some way uh if but if you look at exactly. uh electricity generation it really depends on the power grid so if you look at That's india thing, which is yeah. still re, uh using coal power i read an mit study that said even in a case like that there are some environmental benefits to going to electric but it's not very dramatic but if you have a solar fed system like we will have in parts of the united states then that whole calculus changes quite a bit but to think that um, electric vehicles aren't going to pollute at all. Uh, it is that's just nearsighted or just right. ignorant. I think. Right. Yeah, I mean, I spent thirty years with Toyota and was one of the hybrid specialists, you know, between Toyota and Lexus. And when we had to send a battery back, holy crap, the steps you had to, mm-hmm. you know, go through just to get it ready for shipping because, oh, if we bump this wrong, it'll blow up. Yeah. It's like. Oh boy! <laughs> yeah, well, that like, was they were probably and everything I've read. Go, go ahead. ahead. Oh, um, well, uh, when was this roughly? Uh, well, I've been out of it for four years now, at least for Toyota. Hmm. But um, I mean, it... it was 
there, there was something wrong with the battery, so they wanted you to treat it extra careful, and it was like, Oh, okay. yeah, if, if a lithium-ion battery, if there's like a breach somewhere, then, yeah, it can basically turn into a bomb. Well, remember, this was, I think, is it the 20th or 25th anniversary of that plane that blew up off the coast of New York that they think was caused by a lithium battery explosion? Oh, yeah. Is that they what just that had was? a deal yep. about that because they reconstructed the plane in a hangar, and they said... Okay, we're just gonna we're gonna demolish the plane. We don't need it anymore. There's a TWA yep. flight, if I remember. TWA right. 800. Now was that after a year after 9/11? It was close to that, wasn't it? Well, if you're talking Maybe about TWA 800, it was 1996. Okay, all right. Then it was 25 years. Yeah. Yep. So yes, they're no, not. I've played with lithium-ion batteries with uh, uh, remote-controlled cars, and boy, when you when they go up, it destroys yeah. everything. Oh, yeah. I mean, I've had a couple of light, both lithium polymer and lithium ion batteries pop, and they just destroy the whole car. Well, lithium yeah. po- polymer like, batteries are scary. I don't, I don't ever want to yeah. handle LiPo batteries. Now, the good news is when gasoline tanks explode in cars that, oh, wait a minute, that's really bad, too. Yeah. <laughs> Never mind. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, we're charging them, at least on the RC side, you're charging them in ballistic bags. So if they blow up while you're charging them, at least yep. won't you won't catch shrapnel because you're only two feet away from them. That's there a lithium go. polymer thing. It gets just a little bit too hot and boom. One of the interesting yeah, things yeah, that won't... I've read that you'll appreciate is uh, Porsche is making big moves into the electric world and they have the Taycan, which is this fabulous sports car. But most charging technology right now is 400 volts and the Porsche system yep. is actually 800 so you can get enough charge for 80 or 90 miles I think in under five minutes under the Porsche system and Hyundai is going to adapt the same 800 volt standard I mean it's just it's it's a way to deliver more power faster because that's one of the knocks against yeah. the current technology is that you know if you're tra- if you're in town it's not that big a deal you just charge your car up at night when you're sleeping. Mm-hmm. But if you're traveling somewhere, to have to take 25 or 30 minutes out or longer, depending on, you know, the older leaves can, could take an hour. Um, that, that's yep. real. That's it, it's not the it's not the convenient life that we're used to. Well, but in order to get that 800 volts, you would have to have a specialized charging center. Right. Yeah. Because you can't just transform oh, yeah. 400 into 800. And there you go. You get double the power because you do that. The amperage is going to get cut in half and. You're in the same place you were before. And I think this is all going to be part of, I, I don't know if they're going to pass this infrastructure package. They keep it saying. It sure seems like they are. Well, for every three weeks, it's like, we've got a deal. Yeah. Oh, wait a minute. Yeah. We don't. But now we have a deal. No, no, we don't. It's like trying <laughs> right. to kiss an eighth grade girl. Well, no, no, I don't want you to. No, I just changed my mind. Um, that was my eighth grade girl experience anyway. But it's, When you uh, were in eighth grade, I assume. I hope. I was going to say, yeah. You didn't yeah. mention that part. Right, right. Yes, yes, yes. No, <laughs> okay. it wasn't last week. Thanks, Andy. I could have gotten a yeah, whole lot save, of trouble for yeah. that. There you go. But I think that that is a key component of it is, as that article that mm-hmm. we just read said, it's gonna, we're going to need ubiquitous charging stations. And ubiquitous is just a fancy word for a whole buttload. Yes, they're going to have to yeah. be all over like the, the place. gas station on the corner. Yep. Mm-hmm. But I, I wonder, and we were yeah. talking about this, and I'd like to get your take, you know, as a dealer... And a fair amount of our revenue comes out of the service department. It's not going to disappear with uh, the transition to electric cars altogether, but it's going to be, I think, substantially less. I mean, everything I'm reading saying, you know, other than, than you know, batteries and tires and, and maybe brakes, is really not much that is going to go wrong with these cars. They're a lot uh, simpler internally. I work then. at Tesla. I'm sorry? Yeah. And I got some friends that work at Tesla, and it's basically, you know, you know, occasionally you do a warranty thing like, oh, I'm going to replace a blower motor. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, you're doing tires and brakes and, you know, yeah. wiper inserts. And you're not doing much for heavy mechanical anymore because, oh, i got to change the motor, you know, which is just the whole big unit. Yep. 
which is pretty easy. I mean, there's no transmission, right? The electrical motors, motor, are, right? they're very yeah. simple Just machines. make sure you disconnect the battery first. Yes, you do not want yep. that. Yeah, lick all the terminals. Mm -hmm. I think you've yeah. solved the problem. I'm going to send off an email to the Walzer and saying we need to start <laughs> charging $4,000 for windshield wipers and we'll be fine. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And yeah. then we can have a half-price sale. Mm -hmm. Only two grand this wow. week at Walzer. You can get new windshield wipers. You're saving $2,000. How can you go wrong? Yeah. I mean, if you buy 10 of them, you'd save 20000 You could buy a new car for the savings. <laughs> That's true. Just The more windshield wipers you buy, the more cars you can get for free. It's economics. It's Good all true. Right, oh, my God. Look at your first segments over oh, in one man. minute. All what right, Ty, I've got to kick you off, but I appreciate you calling in and listening to the second half of the show, and we'll have some more exciting automotive stuff to talk about. It's weird. We did a whole 21 minutes on cars. You believe it? Wow. <laughs> that never happens on so, car selling. Series. What is this, the fourth number you've called in from? No, this is myself. What, did you block all the other three? <laughs> well, no. Oh, hell. He calls in, and it's a different no. number than I've ever seen before. And it's like, what? No, it shouldn't have been. That's I don't weird. know what it came across as, but mm. same one I usually call on. All right. Anyway, we will be right back after these exciting <laughs> announcements. Bye. Tom here for Shift Real Estate. Last year, about this time when we were making plans for Key West, I met the folks from Shift Real Estate. And when I heard the Shift story, it made sense to me. It made sense to my kids, and it makes sense to pretty much everybody that's heard about them. Shift Real Estate saves home sellers thousands of dollars on real estate fees. How do they do it? Shift lists for a flat fee of $5,000. You work with a full-time salaried agent. They take professional photos and videos of your home, list it on the MLS, and market your home online, all for a $5,000 flat fee. Call Shift Real Estate and tell them about your home. Tell them that you heard me talking about it, and they will tell you how you can save $10,000 or more when you list with Shift. It's the common sense way to sell your home. Visit Shift2Sell.com. That's Shift, the number two, Sell.com. Because life is expensive enough. Hey, it's Tom again from my friends at Profile. Let's face it, when it comes to losing weight, most of us don't care how we get there. But once we reach our goal, we end up right where we started and gain it all back. That's what I love about Profile. Profile's in it for the long haul. Profile knows that losing weight isn't always a straight line. There are lots of ups and downs. I'm so thankful my Profile coach, Danette, is there to really keep me on track when I need it most. I cannot say enough about Profile. I tell Kelly at Profile that it's changed my life. And it can change yours, too. There's no question about that. Profile has six metro locations as well as Mankato, St. Cloud, and Rochester. Don't wait. I am telling you, I absolutely believe in Profile. That is a fact. Call today or visit ProfilePlan.com for a location near you. Visit ProfilePlan.com. That's ProfilePlan.com. Owen mentioned promo code KQRS for a special discount. ProfilePlan.com. That's ProfilePlan.com. Priority Courier Experts does not have the largest inventory of lease-to-own trucks anymore. Hold on now. Anymore. All right, fill me in. Pat, who in town buys brand new trucks and immediately puts those rigs into the most honest and ethical lease-to-own program? Priority, that's who. But you said they don't have the largest inventory. Let me spell it out for you. First, Priority orders the finest spec of Kenworth and Freightliner trucks. These rigs cost anywhere between $135,000 to $215,000. That's more than my house. Hey, I hope things get better for you, man. Next, a qualified driver sits down with one of Priority's onboarding specialists, reviews the lease-to-own program, and earning potential of partnering with one of the world's largest same-day delivery companies, and shazam! Another partnership is formed, and that driver is on their way to owning that rig in five years or less. That sounds simple. It is that simple. That's why Priority doesn't have the largest inventory of new trucks anymore, because these rigs roll off the lot almost as soon as they arrive. <coughs> Calling all drivers. Take charge of your driving career today. Visit Priority.com or call Robbie, Nick, Chad, or Mike, 651-748-4465, and they'll get you on the road. Priority Courier Experts. Every time you call us, we deliver. You know, I was like that every time you call us tagline. Yeah, I remember when Steve pulled every truck off the road to hang that tagline on the sides. Hey, Pat, your finger's still on the record button?
All right, we were back with part two of Walzer Automotive Group's Car Selling Secrets. So, oddly enough, we are talking about cars. So, and caller, who like are it. you and what the hell do you want? Gee, I love you too, Doug. <laughs> hey, Joe. <laughs> hey. What's going on in Louisville? Not much. I would expect nothing less from you, Dougie. I'm um, calling up to talk about the uh, hybrid engines. Um, my first Ford was a hybrid, um, gas and electric. Every time you let out the gas, it would charge the battery a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yep. And it was really cool because when I first got it, I drove it from here back back home, and it. I went through uh, Missouri. We took it from here to St. Louis and then to Kansas City. It took me a half a tank of gas to get from here to St. Louis. Wow. So what what uh, uh, Joe's talking about is what's called regenerative battery technology. So if you left your foot off the gas, you don't even have to put a, put your foot on the brake, but mm-hmm. um, the, the the motion of the car will run generators that will charge the battery up. Now, the wheels Ford, act as dynamos. Right. Yeah. Ford did something really interesting in the new Mustang. The driver has the ability to turn that off to get better mileage. So what was happening is it's a great technology in the city and stop and grow traffic uh but if you're on the highway cruising along especially in an aerodynamically efficient vehicle there are times when you want to take your foot off the gas Mm -hmm. well it would just trigger the regeneration thing that would actually slow the vehicle down so ford figured out you know if we just turn that off or give them the ability to when you're on a long cruise you'll actually extend the range it was pretty smart i thought yeah from an entropy standpoint every time you hit the brakes you're wasting energy. You're turning. Yeah. You're turning forward motion into, into heat. heat. That's right. Which is just a complete waste. But if you're coasting forward, if you just take your foot off of the gas and you don't brake, no energy is actually being wasted. Right. But when they do that regenerative thing, I don't know what the efficiency is. But even if it's ninety nine percent, that's it, still one percent of the energy. Then it's being probably lost. close to fifty or sixty. I exactly. can't imagine it's ninety nine percent. So coasting is actually. If you want to maximize your gas mileage, the number one thing to do is brake as little as possible, which obviously isn't that easy. It's not like you're going to be coasting, you know, for 45 seconds before you come up to a stoplight. Number two thing is don't keep rolling down the windows to throw empty beer cans out. Yes, don't do that. Because that wrecks your mileage sooner or later anyway, either through the aerodynamic drag increase or getting pulled over and arrested. Uh, <laughs> little yeah. pro insider Stop tip. and go traffic is when you get stopped by the cops every mile. So, Joe, let me ask your insider opinion. What do you think about the new Ford Maverick we were talking about? I know nothing about it. Okay. All right, then. I guess that's not an insider opinion. Then. <laughs> no, I guess not. <laughs> well, right. I do want – so you're talking about hybrid cars. They got. Do they have an electric and a combustion motor in the same chassis? Mm-hmm. How, oh, that's interesting. Yeah, the, the, the Prius – well, your dad's ELR was that way. So yeah. they're both engaged all the time. No. Um, so the car runs on the battery, the electrical power. Under like 20 it, miles per hour or something. No, you can actually go, it, it's range prohibited. And then when you get below oh, a certain charge, right. the gas engine kicks in. Huh. I would think that instead of a gas engine, they would just have an onboard generator that charges the uh, electric motor. Yeah, yeah. But I don't know. So the Chevy Volt was that it was built that way. Uh, the ELR, uh, quite a few cars had that technology. Hmm. All right, Tom, I got something for you to read. Oh, I got to read some. Okay, here we go. I, I, be careful because it's kind of pro Trump. <laughs> oh my God, I might. It's weird. Tom's going to read something kind of pro Trump, and it, and it came from me. Hmm. This is a sign of the apocalypse. It really is. Here we go, ladies and gentlemen, Traverse City, Michigan. Rising political tensions with China mean that tariffs originally imposed by the Trump administration will likely stick around for the foreseeable future. I don't see the Biden administration removing tariffs on Chinese goods anytime soon, said Ann Wilson. Oh, I love her and the the great group. Great band. Yeah, her sister's a badass guitar player. Ann Wilson is the senior vice president of the Motor and Equipment Manufacturers Association, said in a panel discussion on global trade at the management briefing seminars. Uh, that's not necessarily a bad thing, according to some of the panelists. Michael Dunn, CEO of Zozo Go, a consultancy specializing in Asian car markets, said those tariffs could lead to more investment in the United States, especially in electric vehicle batteries, a market long dominated by China. 
Right now, if we see a, a say no tariffs, it says say no tariffs. So. Sorry, I didn't write it. I just printed it. Yeah. China would just roll across the world with its battery exports to control a key strategic industry in the future, he said. There needs to be some mechanisms to incentivize manufacturing right here in America. Dunn noted that Cold War-like tensions between the two countries have led to a once-in-50-years reordering of global supply chains. That includes a diversification away from China. Within China, he said, U.S. suppliers are vulnerable to increasing regulatory crackdowns. Good. We need to move away from China as far as we can get. Tom, there's only one thing you messed up in that whole story. China. Oh, yeah, China. It's in China. (laughs) China. It's interesting, though, and I've also read that a lot of the manufacturers, especially the European ones, the Germans that are bringing new products to be built in the U.S., are also planning on building battery plants near the production facilities for Mm, the car. I think it makes sense. Yeah, it does. So it's... uh, I don't know. Donnie might have been, might have got that one right. It's it's interesting to see how this shakes out. I think now that we're in the supply shortage, it's really affected the car business, but it's affected everybody else. We're start is that article you just read said it's a fifty year reorganization of supply chain stuff. Because before that, I, it's in 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 the car world, the manufacturers built everything. Mm-hmm. They built all their own engines. You know, Ford even used to right. make their own, make. At the old Ford plant that Joe worked at in St. Paul, they used to make windshields. They had a they made glass there out of the out, out of the, the sand from the Mississippi. Sand from Mississippi, yeah. But it's yeah. not, you know. And 50 years ago, they went to the whole Toyota model of just-in-time inventory and uh, subbing out parts manufacturers, and that worked really, really well until it stopped working this last year. <laughs> I love that. It yeah, worked I, really well until it stopped till working. It stopped working. Well, that's yeah, the thing well. about just-in-time. So when it stops working, everything stops working. Yeah. I can't even imagine how many tens of billions of dollars have been lost because of this. And I hate to I hate to sound the alarm bell, but I, I fear that we might be going into a second wave of that. Um, well, here's another story. Are we? Re- oh, I get. It's a short one. And now the next bit of news. Edward the ticker. Due to the increasing number of incidents and growing concern over the COVID-19 Delta variant, the 2021 New York International Automobile Show at Javits Center is canceled. Therefore. NADA and J.D. Power have decided to cancel the 2021 New York Auto Forum slated for Wednesday, August 18th, 2021. NADA and J.D. Power anticipate bringing back the New York Auto Forum in spring 2022 and once again aligned with the New York International Auto Show. So they have canceled the 2021 Auto Show. Show. Scott Lambert turns out to be the automotive genius of the century. He managed to get the Minnesota, the Twin Cities Auto Show right at the end of the last outbreak before the next wave came and... He's still doing parade laps, I think. But in his... here's the problem I have. You know these variants are never going to end. Just like well, the flu. I don't know about that, but it's... Well, they're it, never going to end. Yeah. It's endemic doesn't. at this point. Yeah. We're going to get a new variant every year. That's every just how year. it is. It's just how it's going to go. So are we going to run away from it, or are we going to just, hey, go ahead. Start, I don't know. You know. That, that's a great question, and I, don't, I think you, you hear a lot of different answers. Well, I don't know. I just I really wish that I just wish that our politicians wouldn't say things that aren't true. Like, well, once you get vaccinated, we reach, we reach 70 percent vaccination. We will be in herd immunity and everything will be fine. It was a flat out lie because they didn't know. They just made it up. Sounded good, though. Sounded good. Sounded had really a great good. summer. Yeah, summer's been terrific. You're right. Summer's about that. not so looking so good in Florida right now. But fortunately, we're not there. So I don't know. Summer never looks good in Florida. She was melt to the pavement. Yeah. I, I remember I used to go down there every other week to the Orlando Auto Auction. It was the second largest auction in the world. And it was just miserable in the summertime. And my oh, boss the at the time, Ooh. Ted Turp, right. says, I, Dang, come on, let's go buy some cars, which was what he really wanted to do was just get out of Minnesota and go drink beer and go to strip clubs and stuff. Um, oh, that's nice. He was a fun guy. That's, that's how true. you did it back then. So we're there, and I said, "Come on, Ted, I get it. We got to buy cars. We had a great used car department, and my job was just to feed them, you know, as much inventory as I could get." And um, so Ted's there, and you know, I lose sight of him for a couple hours, and it's you know eight in the morning. It's ninety degrees and humid already, and that's yep. the be- that's the best part of the day. <clears throat> I catch up to him at lunch, and and Ted had served in the infantry in Vietnam. He was in recon, you know. There's guys oh, that did all the really yeah. dirty stuff. And my brother. So, Teddy, how are you doing? He goes, so effing hot I'm having flashbacks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there you go. 
There so you're you right. Uh, Florida in the summertime is same weather co- forecast. Super hot and humid. Eighty percent chance of thunderstorms at four in the afternoon. I mean, it's just you could set your watch. Always by. four o'clock. Yep. Mm-hmm. Always four o'clock. It's amazing. It is absolutely true. But no, I mean, look. I mean, it's a situation where we just slog through life, don't we? <laughs> No, the only reason I say that is because the one county in Florida that now has to be all maxed up is the one county that Catherine and the kids and I go to in Florida. So what is that? Palm Beach County. Palm Beach. Mm -hmm. So they are actually they're masking up in In Palm Palm Beach. Beach That's because Palm Beach County is all New Yorkers. Because I thought DeSantis. I haven't followed it closely enough. I know. I guess it was schools. He said that the schools can't mandate masking. Right. Is that right? Right. But the counties can. For is it for indoor deal down there? I think so. I wonder. Let's see here. But it's the one county in Florida so far, or maybe it's more now. But they, they were the initial one. Yeah, it's all it's all the New Yorkers. That's yeah, it's all the New Yorkers. That's, that's where they all go. Well, that's the problem we have down there. And Joe, you still with us? <clears throat> yep. We have a little dog, and we Jude. love our dog, and his name is Jude. And the one thing you want to do is have Jude <laughs> behave when you're out for a walk, because if you yell Jude, about fifty people turn around and look at you because they think you said Jew. Mm-hmm. I'm not kidding you. That, that reminds me, Dave Mordahl sells sells a similar story about his son. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Nickers. Yeah. Yep. He called him Nick. His son, Nick Nickers. Yeah. And so he was in Walmart one day, and Dave was trying to get a hold of his five-year-old. goes, hey, Nickers, come over. And he looked around, and everybody's like, what'd you say? He's like, oh, good. Yeah. Well, you know, the Nickers are pants. No, I get it. Little... Why are they called knickers? Because they, they cut them off at the I knees have or something? I have no idea. I'm sure it's some English yeah, that's colloquialism that's yeah, from Scottish well, 700 that, years ago. Maybe that's where Knickerbocker comes from. Now, yeah, now that's true. join us for another exciting adventure of Andy looks up stuff on the Internet that we don't really know the answer to. Knickers comes from Knickerbockers. Okay. So Knickerbocker is the original. And what is a Knickerbocker again? Uh, Knickerbocker actually comes from German, New York. Yeah, yeah, New York. Named yeah. after Diedrich Knickerbocker, so it's a German, it's a German guy, German name. And uh, you know, once you get into the point where it's a name, it, you know, because he's calling the Knicks now. They never call them the Knickerbockers right. anymore. It's just the Knicks. Yeah, I think they stopped calling them the Knickerbockers in the fifties. Yeah, so I haven't heard right. that in my life. So probably been a while. That's about right. Yeah, but Diedrich I Diedrich Knickerbocker. What was his oh, deal? It means toy marble maker. Huh. Well, there you go. Toy marble maker? A knicker maker? is a marble, and a bocker is a maker. So there you go. Huh. Marble maker. Diedrich marble maker. So we, we actually did trace it back. Look it's at not that. a handsome name. No, it's no. really not. No, most German names aren't. Right. You know, to be fair. My name is, is Stanley Langsworth. What's your name? Diedrich Knickerbocker. Mm-hmm. What's it, what does Sprinthal mean? I have no idea. You don't know? Nope. Huh. Because Barnard means big bear, apparently. Yes, it does. I have a feeling there's so few of us that either you might not be able to discover the genesis. I think it's, it might be a made-up name. It's hard to say. Could be. Everybody one of, one of those, like, German, we came over here and, you know. No, no, it's, we, I, my dad traced it back to... 15th century. It was the 1400s. Oh, okay. B- but all in the UK. Yeah, but that was Sprint Hall, wasn't it? Right. Mm-hmm. I remember right. I the half the people on TV. Doug Sprint Hall yeah, with us. Who cares? I mean, I it's such an that. unusual name. I, I don't blame people for not being well, able to Well, I've been called Tom Brainerd. Yeah, I can't find anything. Yeah. Tom Brainerd here. Oh, really? Brainerd is not spelled B-A-R, but other than that. Well, I mean, yeah. if you're English, it probably is something like Sprint Hall. Like, you know, the hall where you yeah. run or something like that. Could be. It could be. All right, now I'm going to read another. Well this goes be. back to battery manufacturing and our quest to keep on automotive target conversation. I love it. EV registrations have risen nearly three times faster than overall vehicle registrations in the U.S. through April, according to data from Experian. The number of electric vehicles registered in the U.S. nearly doubled in the first four months of 2021 as registrations climbed by 36%. Registrations of battery electric vehicles jumped 95% to, and it's a low number, so that's why the percentages are so high, to 133,000 in January. Um... That gave EVs 2.3% of the market, but it was only 1.6 last year, so it's essentially doubled. 
A key part of that surge and another factor in automakers' willingness to put EV factory lines in the U.S. is the location of the plants that produce the batteries necessary to power the vehicles. There are just three battery cell manufacturing plants operating in the U.S., Michigan, Nevada, and Tennessee. But a new wave of new battery plants is coming, and the plants are expensive. GM says it will spend $2.3 billion with battery partner LG Energy Solution to build a plant in Spring Hill, Tennessee, which is where Saturns were made, actually, uh, 25 years ago. The partners have a separate battery project under construction in Lordstown, Ohio. South Korea's SK Innovation will soon open a battery plant in Commerce, Georgia, that will supply Volkswagen's U.S. EV plants as well as some of Ford's. Uh, SK's project is set to cost $2.5 billion, but the company expects expects to double that investment a few years from now. So it's looking like Don might have been on to something. Yeah. Uh, you know, so I tried to tell you guys. Wouldn't listen to me. But, well, know. we never listen to you. Why would you? Because <laughs> you're always wrong, and you make stuff up all the time. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, it must be what it is. <laughs> oh, by the way, the Palm Beach thing is only for government buildings. So it's only for government buildings. Thumbs up there. Oh, I thought they said it was for all indoors. See, I think Hennepin County just did the same thing, didn't they? Government buildings, you have to wear masks now. Yeah, I think so. Today or tomorrow. Just while we're getting the hell out. Well, I never go into government buildings anyway. We have to get our, uh, well, we're moving. We have to get a lot of things changed. Driver's license, all that kind of crap. Did did, uh, Melissa have to, did she get to go to the Social Security office? To change, did she change her last name? I don't guess oh, I don't yes. know the answer. So did she go to the, I think it's on 18th and Chicago. Yeah, that wasn't a, I mean, it was a process for sure. That was weird. I went in there when that was Sarah, when we got married. And it's like, man, this is crazy. Mm-hmm. We were in there for a long time. Why, why did you have to go there? Change your last name. Yeah. I thought when you got married, it just automatically happened. No. No. There's a lot of crap you got to do. Really? Oh, yeah. And it's, it, it don't and make it's it easy. Mainly for your Social Security. If, you, if oh, you're a woman, I suppose, well, I suppose yeah, if you're a man, sense. you might change your life. Yeah, I worked with a guy who took his wife's maiden name because he didn't like his maiden his, Wait, what's, uh, what's the name? Um, his last name is Stanton. What's wrong with was, Stanton? No, no, that's his wife's name that oh, he took. Oh, his wife's uh, name, okay. And before that, he was Mike Anderson. Oh, just didn't like how generic it was? He's or? a programmer, a genius, and he just he, he thinks differently than a lot of us. Mm. Remember that back in the 80s, there were all these tripo couples that got married, and they changed their name to some, they, they both gave up their last name to go I with, don't, like. I don't remember that. Peacemaker, you know, like oh, Tommy God. Peacemaker. Yeah, that's, that's my new name, baby. Yeah. Yeah, I wonder if you can have a last on. name with a the. Like, can I be Andy the Vanquisher? Why, oh, yeah. The Vanquisher. Yeah. Now we're talking. We're for Vlad the Impaler. Exactly. Vlad <laughs> the Impaler. Very famous last name. We have a table for the Impaler, please. Table for two See? for the Impaler. Doug, aren't you one of the Impaler kids? <laughs> <laughs> Vlad the Impaler. What a great name that is. Eastern Europe. They're just weird oh, over God, there, aren't yeah. they? You got that right. <laughs> just nuts. You got that right, man. Yeah, I suppose there are certain last names that I wouldn't go with. Yeah. And that, I guess, was true. Ann Landers wrote an article about it, apparently. There, there actually was a Hogg family, H-O-G-G, because it is a real name. Yeah. And Ann Landers reported that these, these twin girls were named Ima and Yura. Oh. Why would you name your kid Ima Hogg? Because you're drunk and think it's funny. That was a spinal tap joke, remember? Yeah, the, the, it was. Yeah. The band uh, manager was... Uh, Sir John Eaton Hogg. John Eaton Hogg. Yeah, well, he likes pork chops. Nothing wrong with that. It all works out in the end. I'm sure that's what they were going for, yes. Yeah, I'm sure it was. I wonder if Ann Landers made that up. I it wonder. Was, it was in Ann Landers, but, but I wonder if she made it up. There's I'm a possibility. A... Ima and Yura Hogg. Twins do that there was an Ima Hogg, so, but there was not a Yura Hogg. Oh, there was an Ima, but not a Yura. Yep. Ima Hogg, the first oh, lady of God. Texas. Oh, uh, my God. I didn't know that. She was, like, a very wealthy noblewoman, apparently, in the uh, late 19th century. That's a total be. Johnny Cash boy named Sue story. It you really gotta grow, is. you got to grow up <laughs> tough if you have a name like that. Oh, I'm a hog? Yes, I would have been. Was she a hog or was she a... <laughs> really a horrible no thing. Comment. Yeah, check the tin type. <laughs> yeah, she she did have brothers, but she did not have any sisters. So, so. that was true. There was an I'm a well. This, this yep. might have been though later on when they, the guy named his his daughters after Ima and Yura. Could be. 
I'm yeah, a her, hog. She usually went by Miss Hog. Miss Hog. Yes. Misogyny. Miss well. Miss Hogany. Because otherwise she'd be going by I'm a hog. I'm a hog. Even even back in the 19th century, she understood well that that was a bad name. Well, I still love that the, the, the kid Shathiad. Uh, yeah. His name was spelled shithead. Sorry, but Shathiad was spelled shithead. I don't know why you'd name your kid that, but that's just me. And I think mom and dad. So, did Doug, what did you want to know about the Maverick? Well, I just wanted to know what your opinion was, of it was. Well, the reason we don't know anything about it is because it was kicked out and the production during our layoff, and it's being put together in Mexico. Oh, it is. Oh, okay. No wonder it's cheap. Yeah. That yeah. could be part of the reason, yes. That's part but of the reason. It's uh, using the escape platform. Um, it's the same platform as this Bronco Sport and the Ford Focus. They're putting the Focus together over there in China. China. In Germany. In, in Taiwan. Hmm. Now, like, they, like they said a couple of years ago when I was home, they stopped making cars in the United States. They're just going with SUVs. Yeah. Yeah, but this is, well, I guess technically you could call it a car if it's based on the Focus platform, but. So it's basically a lifted Focus? (laughs) Yeah. It's an interesting decision. I don't don't know if they're going to use that in the marketing (laughs) material. Probably not. It's a Focus on stilts. Right. You got one minute, Pally. Look at that. My God, this went by fast. I know. Well, what happens when we've got all this great prep work and content? Look at all that content. Hundreds of pages. Look at that content. All right, that wraps up uh, Car Selling Secrets, Episode 103. Come back next week. My good friend, the Episcopal Reverend uh, Dana, will be making a repeat appearance because I had a few listeners reach out and go, that was a really great show. And interestingly enough, the first hour today, we had all these sort of uh, existential Christian questions that she would have been right at home answering. Can God lift a stone so heavy, et cetera, et cetera? That it's unliftable. Yeah. So uh, email me at Doug at com with any questions pertaining to God, and we'll get, we'll get them in front of Dana next week. I will not be here the following week. I'm going to be, go to North Carolina to uh, spend some time with my dad on his 90th birthday. So we'll see you next week. Thank you for listening.